0: We've been talking a lot on this podcast about the greatest football player of all time, Lionel Messi, and his epic stateside move. Now you can join Messi as he embarks on his historic next chapter with Apple TV Plus' new documentary series, Messi Meets America. Follow along Messi's journey as he takes North America and Major League Soccer by storm, ushering in a new era with his inner Miami teammates. This series is streaming now only on Apple TV Plus. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Offside with me, Taylor Twelman. I hope you're enjoying your international break. No pun intended with the word break there, because for those of you that follow me on Instagram, you probably saw a nasty picture of my ankle. As a 43-year-old man that can't walk straight anymore, apparently, I was walking my 15-pound Boston Terrier through the woods, stepped in a hole, sprained my ankle. Now I can barely walk. It's amazing, truly. Life punches you right in the face or sprains your ankle. But I'm not in a bad mood. You know why? Not because it's Thanksgiving here in America, but because after the exciting round one of the MLS playoffs, we've got the single elimination semifinals coming up. And I'm going to start in the Eastern Conference, Saturday on the 25th, the Columbus crew go way to Orlando City.
1: Here's Amundsen. Malde Amundsen gives it a go!
2: Now, the
0: last time these two teams met in Orlando, seven goals. Now, Orlando scored four times in the second half, including twice in the last 10 minutes to steal three points. But this is the Columbus crew. This is Wilford Nancy. Stubborn, aggressive. They're going to get after. But on the road, they've given up 36 goals on the road. That is six most in all of Major League Soccer. And yet, they're still a part of me. That finds it hard to count them out. Now, the other game in the East on Saturday, a barn burner. Supporter Shield winners FC Cincinnati hosting the reigning Eastern Conference champions, Philadelphia Union. Then on Sunday, we had West, eight-seed sport in Kansas City, looking for another upset on the road against the Houston Dynamo. And then the finale, the last match of the weekend, defending champs LAFC head Northwest to take on the Seattle Sounders. Now, all of this will go down on Thanksgiving weekend, and it's only in one place. That's right. MLS season pass on Apple TV. Now, I've got the luxury of speaking to coaches whenever I want, however I want, but why not give you a little bit of that insight? So I've tricked five of these coaches to sit down with me and talk shop for a conference semifinal mega preview episode. Now, first off, we're going to talk with Peter Vermees. He's going to talk about Sporting Kids of City and their season and how they got to this point, but more importantly, how to flush the transmission on a 1981 Chevy. Huh? Then we're going to go to Pat Noon and Jim Curtin, close friends who worked together as recently as three years ago, but for the second straight year, they are conference semifinal opponents. We're also going to hear from Steve Tarundolo and Brian Schmetzer to talk about that LAFC Seattle Sounders game. That yours truly will be calling, the winner of which I think will go on to an MLS Cup. And to round it all off, the artist formerly known as Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, longtime soccer
2: dork. Slow it down. You don't have to do anything extra. it's one of the things that you do, especially when you talk about in the NFL. You get to the playoffs and all of a sudden you start doing stuff you've never done before. I think if SC Cincinnati continues to play their game, they will be fine and will be hosting that trophy. So without further ado, let's talk some playoffs. It's over! Sporting Kansas City does it! A sweep of their rivals
0: in round one. The eighth seed onto the conference semis! So about 30 years ago, if I was in New Jersey and I pulled into a jiffy lube, one Peter Vermees would have...
3: Done what with my car? I was the guy on the bottom. I was in the pit. So they had just built the first, on the East Coast, the first three-bay Jiffy Lube. Yep. There were normally one or two. So they just built a three-bay. And so I get this job there. Then I'm working in the pit crew. And I have this guy above me. And uh, so what I would have to do is, I would have to, obviously I'm changing the oil, change the oil filter. But then my other job was, Is you take out fluid for the differential, and they go on this four like it's like it's a card and has four little you know areas, and you put the fluids on there. And so one day I'm watching him, and he's taking the grease and the grime off of the engine. Yeah. And he's putting it into the the fluids, and he's like going up to the people. He's like, "Well, you got all these shavings of the metal in your differential, and you need this cleaned out." So we wound up being the highest earning. (laughs) pit crew on the East Coast that year that I worked there. Does he still, is he a sporting
0: Kansas City fan no, or no?
3: No, no. <laughs> he was like, I got this jackass below doing this stuff for me, so that's what it was. Peter, it's an amazing story when
0: you really think about the, the, the things you have done throughout your entire career, which is a good lead-in to where we are. This season, I feel like the way it unfolded, you expected this team to be good. You had Kinda coming back. You had Polito coming back. And so, am I wrong to think the first ten games you go winless in the first ten? You must have been driving yourself crazy of thinking. Wait a minute, this is not this team.
3: Well, I sort of, sort of. Okay, I only say sort of because I didn't think that we were going to be flying on all cylinders coming out of the gate because Allen had just gone through his first preseason. Kinda was a little bit later. Johnny wasn't even in the lineup at that point because he was injured. So I didn't think we were going to win a game in the first 10. So I I didn't think that. What I did believe from day one is we had a very good roster, and this team could Mm -hmm. be something. The interesting part is covering St. Louis City versus
0: Sporting Kansas City, you told us an interesting story, and I think for our Apple listeners, it's important to know you're at New England, you're at halftime. That is when you still lose this game, but that is when you knew I got something within this group.
3: What what was that? So we're losing 2-0 at halftime. It's the only half of soccer that I can say that the guys look like. It was just a bunch of shirts out there with no bodies in them, right? There was yep. just nothing. Yep. And I remember being on the sideline thinking, all right, this is not good. This yep. We're not in a good place. This is not good. So I went in at halftime, and I was like, I'm just going to lay it out there. And basically, I said to the guys, like, you know, first off, this is unacceptable because you guys aren't – there's no intensity. There's nothing. I said, but you got to make a decision whether you're playing for me or somebody else who comes in this door in a week from now, you're still going to have to come and play. Mm -hmm. So you have to make a decision, what do you want to do? Because don't tell me that you guys aren't good enough to go and play in this game and and do well. great, absolutely. So we go out in the second half, and I would say within just a couple of minutes, we get a set piece, we score. I mean, you can see that we're now coming on. Two minutes later, Mm -hmm. we get a red card. Fontes gets red carded. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. We just got in the game. We wind up playing better with a man down and we run the game Mm -hmm. and we actually should win the game. We have the better chances, all that. We should win the game. We should probably win probably three or four to two. Mm -hmm. But we lose 2-1. But right then and there, I knew that the guys were committed and they were in. That's what I knew.
0: Peter, it's interesting. Houston Dynamo would be one of the teams on the outside that could surprise people along with Sporting Kansas City. Ironically, you guys are now playing each other. How do they pose a difficulty for you preparing for this game?
3: They're a very good defensive team to win the ball back quickly in a mm-hmm. much different way than, say, like uh, St. Louis. Yeah. The other is is that I think Herrera is such an important part of their team because he helps all the lines. Like, you'll find him sometimes right back. He'll yep. be in the box, you know, blocking yep. a ball. He'll be getting a shot off in the other box. He, he'll he be out on the left wing. He's got such a great sense for the game. And the other thing I like about him is he's very humble. He's a, you can tell from the outside. He's just a He has a lot of humility, which I think is a great example for the rest of the players on their team. And so what they also have is, you know, you got Dorsey on the outside that can go box to box all day. You got the left, I mean, that's more attacking from the winger. And then Baird, I think, is a workhorse. He can play any of those three positions up top, but he probably helps the team most there. It's a, it's a very difficult team. I, I look at them, you know, and, and you know, I mean, right now we're the only team, the lower-seeded yeah. team to have made it through. So that means home field advantage obviously means a lot. And I would say that it's going to be a big thing for them. The greatest thing, though, is that we're going to play in the summertime there.
4: Yeah,
0: exactly, because it's not going to be 105 degrees, although it may – listen, it's November in Houston. It, it may actually be like 85 with 100% humidity. You and I have no idea.
3: Yeah, I mean, right, I've been looking at the thing. It's probably going to be like <laughs> six, high 60s. So.
0: Which is a game changer, by the way. Yeah, it
3: helps so much. Just like the game in St. Louis, even though that game – the first game we did yeah. – that was a great game to play in because of the, the slickness of the field, and you can move yeah. the ball quickly. So that was that helped as well.
0: What's interesting because St. Louis City has come into the league. You guys have the natural rivalry between the two cities. The Houston Dynamo and Sporting Kansas City have had some big games. Does that have any impact on this group? Or is it kind of just for this year? It's with this group. Ben Olson's the new manager. You know what I'm saying? I is do. there any history? that creates animosity. I know it is for you.
3: Exactly. Yeah. I I always say that, you know, and and obviously take the comparison the right way, but um, I always saw us as like, we were the Chicago Bulls trying to get past the Detroit Pistons. That's who they were for us. Cause 11, 12, we got to the finals, but every time they just snuck it out on us. Right. And then 13, we, we break through and then we're off and running. And so those games were big. They made us better. They hardened us as a team. I would say there's no players except for Zeus and Roger because they remember on our team. Exactly. I don't think they have anybody. I don't think any of the players are going to understand that other than this is just going to be a playoff game and it's going to be intense. But it could turn into something. It could turn into something. I don't know if it's going
0: to turn into what I just experienced in the first playoff for St. Louis City in Sporting Kansas City. It was epic. One of the best atmospheres in my 20 years in Major League Soccer.
3: That series, that is the most intense of yeah, games yeah. that I think that we've ever played. They were great. And the atmosphere was tremendous in both places. It was tremendous.
0: Yeah, to see the blue, to see the red, all that together. I'm going to put you on the spot. How come you've never won Coach of the Year?
3: I don't know. I mean, I don't really care either. I mean, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, but come on though, Peter. Honestly, is it because you're the longest tenured coach? And it's just kind of one of these things where everybody's like, oh yeah, well, it's Peter. For better or worse, well, Yeah, it's Peter. It's Sporting Kansas City. It's Peter. In all seriousness, how the hell have you not won Coach of the Year?
3: I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to answer that. I just. Uh, Does that motivate you? Not really. I, I. I just want. Honestly, my. You know me. I just want. I. I really want my team to win. That's really what I want.
0: I'd argue. I'd argue if the votes were done after the season. You'd be up in that conversation if not win it this year for what this year has turned
3: out to be. Maybe I mean I mean maybe I don't know I I really you my competitiveness is not for individual stuff. If you want to call MLS Cup or U.S. Open Cup, or yeah. that's, then that's for sure. Right. That's what I want. That's what I'm looking for. You know, I tell the guys this all the time. Like, I don't come here just to to coach a team and let's play a game. Like, yeah. I want to win. Like, I will say I hate losing more than I like winning. Like, I, I absolutely – that in common. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. Like, I, it's the worst. And the, and the only thing that winning does for you is it gives you, after the game, about an hour to maybe go, oh, I was good. I uh, uh, see that play. Remember that play? Uh, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got, we got to start thinking about the next game because we got to get going. And you don't want to feel the other way because that's the worst feeling.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I know. I've lost four MLS Cups. I appreciate you
3: reminding me yeah, of that. yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. I forgot about that. Polito,
0: number nine. I'd argue top three in this league for
3: all-around game. Would you agree with me? I would. And I'll say this, and you were there. If you take the game in St. Louis, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: look, they were trying, right? There was times they had two, three, four guys around him, and he's getting the ball in between those guys. And for him to Mm -hmm. hold it and then come out of there playing combination play— there's not many players in this league that can do that. There's just not. And just rewind the tape and say, in all those situations where he kept the ball, if he lost them, what does that do for them? And what does that do to us? I think it crushes us. The fact that we could keep the ball in those situations where huge. and that's where he is, and you know the player. That's where he's Jaime Moreno. Jaime could, ah, today I got to play left wing. I got to serve the ball. Today I got to be an underneath forward. I can be the target. I can be the number 10. Whatever the game needed, he could do it. And that's what, that's what Allen can do.
0: You're the best team since May 1st in the Western Conference. He scored his first goal win. I don't find that ironic that the moment he started to show up and feel confident in his body, you guys are a completely different team. I get Gotti Kenda's got the same kind of argument, but Peter, Polito was fantastic in that game in St. Louis. Yeah, But his hold-up play, pulling off of Parker, pulling off of Nielsen, whoever was around him, it caused them nightmares.
3: It caused them nightmares. He was really, really good. He was. He, he's just, and, and you know, it's all instinct. I mean, that's what's amazing. When he comes back after being out for as long as he was, jumps into training and we start going, I don't have to say anything, to him. He's already doing it. It's, 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 it's uncanny, but it, it's, it's actually a pleasure to be around players like that. Who's the most important player against the Houston Dynamo? For you. Wow. Um, most important player. I think it's Polito on the road. If he does what he normally does for us in the game, what it allows for the rest of the guys to be able to do, it gives Shallowy less attention. It gives Johnny yep. less attention. In in the fact that when we didn't have Polito in there, everybody just said, listen, we just got to double up on the outsides, and we take everything away from them, because we didn't have a number mm-hmm. 10 or a number 9. But now, when he comes into that area, they have to focus in on him, and now you can play to those guys, or you got a number ten that you can play with as well. It, it changes everything. So I would probably tend to agree with you. That's a monumental moment. You just agree with me. You know that, right? We're gonna
0: end the, We're gonna end it right here. I said. I tend, Although, I, I would, if you had to fix my transmission right now,
3: do you think you could do that? I can't fix. Well, I couldn't fix your transmission, but I tell you this: I could change all your fluid. I could change <laughs> the gasket. I'll just tell you one quick story about that job. Yep. Back then, the Ford Escort had a oil filter that was up and around the muffler and they were a nightmare. So I used to hate doing them. And they started developing these things you would put on so you wouldn't like burn your arm. So one day this car comes in and it's like an older car. And I'm telling you that the oil filter's up there and it's just in the worst place ever. So there's a guy on bay two and he's he's a grease monkey, right? And I'm not. So 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 I'm like, hey Joey, I said, I bet you can't get this thing out of here. He's like, what are you talking about? I can get that. He's up there and he's going, t's, t's, his, his arms burning everywhere. And I'm thinking, thank God this guy got that thing off there. That's Jersey right there. <laughs> Why do I feel like Joe, Joey was actually
0: Tony Miola with that impersonation? <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> uh, that's great. To the only Jiffy Lube employee to ever when MLS got Peter Vermees. Thank you, buddy. Thank you.
5: Plays a good ball here for Wagner. Across, and it's turned in by Uwe. Nearly an own goal off Romney. Spilled by Jackson, and it's a straightforward tap in. And Philadelphia have started these playoffs flying.
0: I felt like when the season started, it was written in the stars. It was going to be you guys against FC Cincinnati. It's a rematch of what happened last year. I know the respect level between you, Pat, and the organizations. I'm going to get to that in a moment. But there does feel like there's a little bit of a rivalry brewing. Am I reading the tea leaves correctly?
4: You nailed it. Uh, look, every game we play against them is a one-play game. The intensity of the games is is really there. Their group, I think, has evolved so much defensively. They're really, really hard to break down. They have some, I'll just say it, nastiness to them as well where, you know, they don't back down. Uh, again, it's going to be a one-play game. Uh, they're a great team. Uh, I think it's a little bit flipped, right? Because last year, you know, we we were the team that won all the accolades, you know, tied for the Supporters Shield, but get lost on a tiebreaker. Um, you know, had the individual best eleven guys, the Defender of the Year. The patch for me should be Coach of the Year, but now You look at it, and it, it's exactly last season. The difference now is, you know, last year they had to come to Subaru Park, now we have to go to their stadium, which has become a a really really hard place to play, and it's a it's a great stadium.
1: Given away, Bupenzo will collect. Able to play this ball across. Fast gets with a touch, and we've got a tie game. FC Cincinnati roars from behind, and we're level at two.
0: If there's one thing you love about your team that's different this year versus last year, what is it?
5: The experience. Last year, we didn't have that experience together. You know, this go around, it's another year where we have a better understanding of ourselves and, and how we can have success in an elimination game. So I think that's the biggest difference. And certainly expectations, confidence going into it, that probably looks a little bit different than it did last year. But, you know, having said that, I I really liked the way the guys went after it last year. I don't think the first 45 minutes and looking back was you know very pretty in the game, but, you know, they're protecting a lead after whenever 55, 56 minutes, whenever they got that goal. And we pushed and threw everything at them to try to find the equalizer and we couldn't, but I, I like the way our guys got after it last year and, and played with some confidence. So, you know, this year I expect a lot of the same, and all of our games and, and our recent mass, recent matchups have been decided by you know, one moment, two moments, and I, I don't expect it to look much different.
0: How do you not over-prep a game when you've got 15-plus days to assess it, I, I how do you do this for 15 days where you don't look at every single scenario
4: and situation and not overdo it? Yeah, it's a challenge. So look, it's it's unique. We're gonna have um, a, str- a length of, a stretch of days here where our best players mm-hmm. aren't here. You know, a lot of the guys that are gonna be starting in the game aren't here. I think we have four starters um, that we'll train with. Uh, we get them all back on Friday and then we play Saturday. You know, that's a challenge. It's a it's a unique one. Uh, But I still think within that, you have to be sending video clips to your guys, Uh, keep Cincinnati on their mind, even while they're away with the national team, which is important, too. So, um, you know, we'll constantly be downloading them with with different matchups and information, uh, you know, via email, via video um, that we can send to them. But it's unique. You know, I'm not going to sit here, Taylor, and say I have the exact answer how you do it, because this is a big gap between games. It's a situation where we have to respect the international windows as a league. You know, I understand that. Um, And and we're going to make the most of it. And you're still going to get a great game. I I can tell you that right now. Uh, It's going to be a really hard-fought game. Uh, We tend to bring the best out of each other, us in Cincinnati.
5: And uh, this game will be no different, that's for sure. The extra days do help you in terms of um, covering, you know, certain aspects of your opponent that maybe you wouldn't have in your typical, uh, you know, uh, six, seven-day period. They've obviously uh, shown different formations uh, with different personnel. That's a little bit more unique, I think, than last year. So it gives us time to just work on a few different things in preparation for different game states as far as if we're looking at a back four, or a back five, you know, if we're looking for a goal, if we're protecting a lead, you just have a little bit more time to kind of focus on more than you typically would. So uh, having said that, you know once once the whistle blows, a lot of it will come down to the level of composure, the way we compete. And it can't just be about competing. You have to have you know, quality in your decision-making. You have to, to win big moments, defend the box as well. So I think it allows for trying to get healthy, trying to uh, be as prepared as possible. But you still have to focus on yourselves and, and what's gotten us to this point and how we can be you know, the best version of ourselves come Saturday. What do you expect from this game? Because
0: oftentimes, and you've been around for a long time, Last year's Cup Final is the anomaly to a Cup Final one-off game where you're going to be tight. We've seen it throughout the year against your games against FC Cincinnati. Yet the MLS Cup Final last year completely debunked that entire theory. I feel like this game on the 25th is going to be so tight. It may come down to set pieces. I don't think we're
4: going to get a game that's full of fireworks. Would you agree with me or no? That's usually what... We, well, we have a lot of days to talk about it, um, and that's usually, I, I've learned in pro sports, man, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, soccer, the more you say yep. a game's going to go one yep. way, you kind of get the opposite in a lot of instances. So you're right, the final last year, if I was to sit down yep. and, and write a Hollywood script, you, you couldn't write it any other way than, than what happened in that game. So the bad part is someone has to lose a game like that, and unfortunately we were this close to winning it, and, and we didn't get it done. Uh, But now uh, with Cincinnati, I think everybody thinks it's going to be this tight game with no chances. They're missing some pieces on their back line. We're missing some pieces on our back line now. Um, It could lead to something different, you know, Uh, and and we'll see uh, how that goes.
0: From my point of view, Nunes, they make the game ugly. They Mm -hmm. can make the game combative. They've got the players to do that. They've got a little bit more quality than some of the other teams that try to do it in the league. But what's the one thing they pose? that may keep you up at night preparing for this game?
5: Their experience. You know, I, I, you said it. They compete. We all know that. But, you know, when you look at the personnel and Andre and goal, there's few that have a, a calming presence and are capable of the the big save and the big moment like Andre is. And, you know, along the back line, I know Gleznas has been uh, injured. I don't know what his status will be with Wagner out. You know, you got Alejandro in there who's one of the best captains. In the league, you know, he, he understands how to lead by example and, and and with the right communication. So that consistency, I think, when you go into elimination games, you know, that helps. And I think, you know, this Philly group is now years of being in these moments together, and I think that's always uh, beneficial in, in critical uh, games.
0: Is there a part of you that's extremely proud to see Pat Noon and Chris Albright have success this way, this fast, knowing how close you are to them as people, but also knowing that
4: you were part of their growth. Of course, of course. And I, I referenced Peter Vermese. I can remember real conversations that Chris Albright and I had together as we were kind of learning and, and learning on the fly, to be honest. Um, and we would talk about how amazing Peter was as a leader. And we bounce things off him and, and we'd take information and just thought saw him as the best. It's cool for me now to mm-hmm. see Chris is, yep. is Peter, yep. you know what I mean, in our league. He's now thought of that you know, by the other, uh, GMs in the league, the younger GMs that are maybe coming up, they're going, I want to be like Chris Albright because look what he did in, in, you know, in, in, in a year and a half time in in Cincinnati and turning a roster around and making them a champion. So, um, Pat Noonan, same thing, man. Uh, he's a friend first, you know what I mean? And then we had a lot of battles together here in Philly, uh, and, and we won a lot of games. We lost some tough ones. Uh, but to see the success that he's having, um, there's no two more deserved guys, um, Having said that, when the whistle blows, we're all competitors and we want to kill each other, and that's how it is. And then the, the game will end. Someone will win, someone will lose, and we'll probably have a beer afterwards. And man, that's what it's all about. And, and look, we'll always put friendship first, and, and those guys will be my friends for life. And look, this this soccer community is a small one. And I I've always said to Chris and Pat, in in some way, shape, or form, I think we're gonna work together uh down the road. When do you stop texting him? When do you see the text? You know what I'm saying?
0: Like <laughs> right now, you got plenty of time. But at what point do you see the name and you're like, eh, I'm waiting. Yeah. You know what
4: I'm saying? Because there is that part there of you is. that what
0: well, you want to beat the crap out of him. It's your yeah, it's well, like
4: your little brother, Jim. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He looking again, it's a situation where I'll just say this. In the the regular season, we'll go out and we'll have some beers together for sure. Uh, And it might get late at night. (laughs) It might get maybe too late at night. But now I think we're at the point where uh, because it's playoffs, there'll be an understood thing that, yeah, that'll probably stop the the Thursday (laughs) going into the game. There won't be any more text, that's
5: for sure.
0: (laughs) How many text messages will you and Chris send Jim Curtin before
5: this game? I imagine they'll drop off a little bit. But to be honest, there's been communication is – uh, recent as this morning, talking about the coaching license, so the, the back and forth uh, still happens. You know, I think we know when to to switch on and 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 when to you know just focus on you know the game and and maybe uh, cutting off the communication. But you know, I I don't get too uh, wrapped up in uh, I shouldn't be talking to the opposition's coach. You know, we have a, a great relationship and a great friendship, and we know when to turn it on and turn it off.
0: Jim, I, I think the greatest compliment I can give you, and quite honestly any manager, but this is you, is one, it's evolving from year to year and finding different styles. Two, it's the ability to get to finals. Three, though, the real sign is when an assistant coach of yours is then named MLS Coach of the Year. And so when Pat Noonan is going to be named Coach of the Year later on this year, There's going to be a part where everyone in the league now has to talk about Jim Curtin's pedigree. My man, I'm so proud of you. I love calling (laughs) your games, but the best compliment I can give you is every other manager says about Jim Curtin and Philadelphia Union, I fucking hate
4: playing that team. That is the best compliment I can give (laughs) you, buddy. (laughs) I love that compliment, buddy. The, The coolest thing about it, the consistency part, because I have great players and great staff members like Pat, they make my job easy. If I don't show up, some if I if I didn't show up tomorrow, this thing would still run smooth because I have great people around me and I have great players. So, uh, and I will throw it out there to stick up for us. We have the most points over the last six years. The yes, Philadelphia Union, the little engine that could. We're still getting a lot of points and we're winning and, and we're proud of that. Um, and yes, we want to chase trophies and play for trophies every year. Uh, but you're right. The ultimate honor as a coach to see your players get better and develop, but also to develop and, and see Pat's success now. That makes me really proud as a as a as a person. And uh yeah, I, I, I wish him the very best, except this weekend.
0: <laughs> exactly. And
4: I just wish I was there to have the fifteen beers with you guys. Good luck, dude. <laughs> Lots of butt heavy.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pat, they just came into the locker room. They tell you that you're the 2023
5: MLS coach of the year. What was your first thought? Um Yeah, it was it would call me off because we were preparing in what I thought was a a league call and, uh, (laughs) our morning, our morning wasn't smooth and uh, I was less than pleasant to be around. And I'm sure there was a lot of people that thought I'd like him to not receive this right now, but you know what it was, it was, it was just really, um, it was neat, not, not for the individual, um, award. Uh, I I think you probably understand how I feel about those, but it was the people that were speaking about it. It was the people in the room that, helped our group and helped this club to get to the position that it's in that just made it special. And so, uh, you know, I've been able to, uh, you know, talk about the, the individual player accolades and none of the messaging changed as far as now that it was myself being fortunate enough to receive award. But I just think it's really neat to, to share those moments with all the people that have helped, you know, turn things around with FCC. So it wasn't a goal. It never will be, but hopefully, we can finish this season in a strong way, and there's more individual accolades because of our team's success. And uh, we have a, a big goal in mind to finish the season, and and that's our priority is trying to go in an MLS Cup. How big is the sign in the parking lot of the training ground that says MLS
0: Coach of the Year right in front of your parking spot? Is it about five by seven? Uh, yeah, by uh,
5: actually, the parking spots to both sides are actually blocked <laughs> off now. <laughs> no man it's uh again it's it, I'm, I'm i'm humbled i'm honored but there's other uh awards and, and and things that we want to achieve so hopefully that's you know that why you won
0: right you know why you won because i voted for bradley carnell yeah. so anything i touch finishes second so congratulations
5: thank you, you for your vote. christmas card thank you for your vote uh,
4: thanks dudes and Bawanga
5: trying to punish a mistake the other way danny buonga comes inside Striker in Major League Soccer. Rifle that one into the top corner. LAFC with the perfect response.
0: Steve, as a whole, this season's been one of the more interesting ones. Only your second year as a full-time manager at LAFC. What are you most proud of at this point?
6: Really most proud of the guys in the locker room. Um, When I see their faces and their intensity in the training pitch and in the games, they've had to overcome a lot. And time and time again, they just turn it around and start playing well again and the hunger and the intensity that they still have impresses me the most is something we're very proud of here you know developing a, a winning mentality at LAFC which was already there obviously before I arrived but being able to sustain that and continue on that path is something I pay, pay close attention to and hopefully it's something that stays here when I'm and gone.
0: Playoff goal, the Sounders strike in minute 36. We're used to it this time of the year, expecting the Seattle Sounders, especially into Brian Schmetzer, hitting their stride. This year, though, you correct me if I'm wrong, a little different. You one loss in your first 10, one loss in your last 10. And yet you gave up the fewest goals in the entire league. Brian, I would have to think that is really important to you in evolving this team with the current group of players that you have?
1: Look, I'm one of the old school guys. I think defense wins championships. I think our expectations of players when they come to this club, one of the questions that I'll ask potential players, maybe the one caveat, I didn't ask Raul if he could defend. I think (laughs) that just happened naturally. I think... I loved Raul because he was scoring all those crazy goals from Aurelia. We needed a true goal scorer, and we got that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he put the work in. But, look, Jordan Morris has to defend. So mm-hmm. it's it's the way we want to try and play. I don't expect everybody to defend the same way, but they all got to do their part.
0: It's interesting, though, so only one goal, 10 yellow cards in the two games between you
6: two this year. Why do you think that is? I think... There's a lot of respect between both teams. Uh, I think both teams spend a lot of time on the training pitch, making sure that you're defensively solid, you're doing the work, you're staying disciplined. And when you couple those factors together, I think that's the result. Speaking to Brian as well, I have a lot of respect for him and what he's been able to do with that organization and his team. I'm not sure you'll see a whole lot of fireworks. I think you see two teams who understand how to win games. And sometimes, a lot of times, finals in major competitions, with the exception of last year's MLS Cup final, but we're talking okay. about World Cup Finals and, and uh, Champions League Finals, Euro League. Um, they are very tight and, and the margins are 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 narrow, um, oftentimes um settled by set pieces, um, and a few moments in the game. And that's what I expect. That's what the guys will prepare for. But if it becomes a shootout, I like our chances as well.
0: It often comes down to little individual moments that you can train all you want. You can tactically set up a team. Oftentimes it may not matter. It ends yeah. up being the players. Which is interesting, Brian, because Steve Terundolo said the exact same thing. There's a real mutual respect between you and Steve Torundolo, a real appreciation for what you've done from Steve's perspective, because he enjoys, one, your personality, but two, the way you get at certain players at different times and whatnot. Where did that relationship start? Did you know Steve as a player? Like, where did you get to know Steve a little bit uh, deeper?
1: Look, we hit it off pretty good. Just, you know, Ante made the introduction and here's a new coach. And look, I always try and walk out at Lumen Field and meet my opposing coach halfway through because it's a sign of respect because our jobs are hard. Look, we have great jobs. I don't want to complain. I mean, we have great jobs. We we're in pro sports and, you know, but there's pressure. Mm -hmm. There's real pressure. And so that kind of binds this all together. I know we're competitors Mm -hmm. and, you know, you don't want to give away secrets. You don't want to give away anything. But the fact of the matter is, is there is some common bonds, some common thread between all of us. Some coaches appreciate that. Sometimes maybe not. Adrian Heath, God bless him, got fired this year. But he and I started that English tradition or he started it, you know, coming in after games, win or loss. And so I did that with Adrian and I offered that to other coaches around the league and some accepted, some don't, because I get it after games. If you don't have a good result, you don't want to talk to anybody. But Steve was one of those guys that said, yeah, sure, Brian, I'll come in. You know, our offices down in Lumen are pretty close. And then he took me to his fancy room at his stadium. We had a little sip of good tequila and, you know, we just hit it off.
0: I want you to go down memory lane a little bit. 12 months ago, you're preparing for your first playoffs as the manager of LAFC. This time is now your second. You're defending champions. How different are the two processes and teams? Is it actually pointless to go back a year from a year ago and say, yeah, this is what it was?
6: It it is different because of the, obviously the difference in the competition. Best of three series, um, straight to penalties. That did change a little bit of our approach and our preparation. Um, now it's back to what we're used to, one-offs, obviously with some overtime and then pens. So it does change a little bit of the preparation. I think for us, having gone through the process last year, the idea and the belief that we can do it, 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 that is something we don't need to prepare for and talk about because we have been there and done it. Um, All I heard from media and from other people and from around the club, whoever wins the of Shield never wins the MLS Cup. And so I think, Proving everybody wrong last year has gone a long way in our belief that we can win it this year, also away from home. Um, But there are other issues, obviously. Winning games on the road in the MLS, whether it's playoffs or not, remains to be difficult. And we will prepare the team accordingly in order to do that. But it's not an easy task. And Seattle is a good team. Defensively, very solid. Last third of the season has been spectacular, but very, very good and tough to beat, especially in Seattle. So... We have our work cut out for us, but I think if we can get beyond that hurdle, um, I think you should take LAMC very seriously.
0: You've won MLS Cup two times in your years with the Sounders. You've won CONCACAF Champions League. But more so regarding the MLS Cup winners, is this team similar at all to those teams? And if so, where?
1: I don't think it's similar to 2016 and 2019, the championship teams. I think this year what we tried to do was play a different way, a different style, a little bit more disciplined style. I think we had had Nico in his prime. And (laughs) we had Nuhutolo who's come on. And we had Jordan out on the left. And we had all of these parts and pieces that certainly came together for Champions League. But, you know, at the end of the day, we didn't make the playoffs. And that was a big disappointment. And and so we kind of reshuffled the deck a little bit. You know, so the team has some similarities in the sense that Nico's still there from 2019, Raul, Jordan, Christian, Nico way back, and Christian and Jordan, obviously from 2016. So there's continuity Mm -hmm. between the teams. I think they understand what it takes to win in Seattle, that Pacific Northwest grit, if you want to call it that. And so some similarities in personnel, some similarities in just mentality But the way we play certainly is different.
0: Raul looks bought in. Nico comes in. He looks like he's trying to prove a point to you still, which means he's got your respect. I think all of that works in your favor. But you know this as well as I do. LAFC, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league, when they score first. 17 times they've scored this year. 14 of those they won. The other three they drew. How important is that, stating the obvious, that you get the first goal at home?
1: Uh. You might have already done the research. I'm not so sure what our record is when we go down a goal. But I tell you what I love about our group, our team, our franchise, what we try and message all the time is we we don't quit. Yep. I mean, even if we go a goal down, I think we have the quality to score, Mm -hmm. number one. Number two, I know we have the mentality that we're never going to give up. Even if we go down two, uh, the guys still are going to fight. We're still going to try and scrap our way into the game. Yes, LAFC has that aura of, you know, whatever, but 2019 they mm-hmm. scored first. Guess what happened?
0: Historically, I've always looked at this league in a different light than other leagues, and I find it interesting that since the Galaxy won back-to-back in 11 and 12, nobody has done that, and I find you to be a very interesting perspective on that because Steve, you've come back to this league, you've come back to this country does that surprise you that it's been over
6: 10 years since someone's won
0: MLS Cups back to back?
6: No. I think, um, from my understanding, the way the rules are and how you spend your money and your salary cap, it, it makes it very difficult to shield a very strong team two years in a row while other teams simultaneously can play catch up or even mm-hmm. uh, spend more than you and surpass you in quality. So, and you add the add more teams to the league, it just becomes, um, probability-wise, uh, less probable that the winner uh, wins two years in a row. So, uh, it does not surprise me. Um, but I think it's time. Maybe we change that.
0: I think a big reason why you could change that is Denis Bawanga has been fantastic. Last couple episodes on this pod, Steve, I think he should be considered the MVP. 36 goals in all competitions. I get it. Lucha Costa, FC Cincinnati, and all of that, but Denis Bawanga has been absolutely fantastic from the opening whistle of whatever competition you've been in.
6: What's his best quality in your mind? Like He can dominate a game, an opponent, and moments. And, you know, obviously Acosta as well has had a fantastic year and Implemental in their success, but I just see Denis in a different level as far as dominating games. I also see Denis having the quality to play in in other places too. Mm -hmm. And I think if we put objectives around the mvp awards or all of our awards in this league then i think you have many different winners but there is a little bit of the popularity contest involved so i'm careful to say one is more important than the other but sheer quality i think that he brings a quality to this league that not many players have currently or have have ever had and i think uh you know he's an attacker in the prime of his career physically technically and mentally and that's the end result is 36 goals and hopefully a couple more
0: Brian, I'm going to put you on the spot. How come you have not won MLS Coach of the Year?
1: <laughs> how come Stefan Fry hasn't won Goalkeeper of the Year? Uh, you don't. I, I, I. It's a good
0: debate, but hang on a okay. minute. Okay. Okay. You know me. I study numbers. I look in numbers. Winning percentage, MLS Cup trophies, all of this. Brian, how the hell have you not won <laughs> MLS Coach of the Year? You and Peter Vermees have every legitimate argument to that award.
1: Uh, interesting story. So. After Peter got his team into the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, I shot him a quick text, and I said, Hey, Peter, look, you're not going to win Coach of the Year. Noonan is, but hell of a job getting your team from where you started at the year to the end of the year. You should be actually in the conversation for Coach of the Year. Uh, I'm surprised that Pete hasn't won Coach of the Year. That's interesting. I don't know. I mean, that's an awarded." people get maybe for a flashier name or a, you know, a, a, a stylish tactic, you know, whatever, you know me, I'm a down to earth guy. I'm pragmatic. Uh-huh. I hate to lose. No, winning, you know, okay. Some yeah. people like to win. I hate losing. Uh, I don't know. There's there's probably some, you know, there, look- Lexi lawless doesn't think I'd be successful outside of Seattle. Maybe it's Lexi's fault. Maybe, maybe it's his fault, I don't know. I mean, let's blame Lexi. But he, the reason why I asked this question is this:
0: I actually think in a subtle way, Brian, it's a compliment, and here's why. Because when people refer to the Seattle Sounders under you, it's just they expect it. You're always there. It's kind of a given. The Cincinnati's in Pat Noonan, the Bradley Carnells in St. Louis City, the Jim Curtins in Philadelphia, they're exceeding the expectation in a way that that franchise has never done there. From the moment you set foot there, you won. You won an MLS Cup the first year you stepped in. God bless his soul when Ziggy was knocked, that was pushed out. You follow what I'm getting at. There is a weird part to me where people just are like, no, nah, it's Brian Schmetzer. It's kind of what he does, it is what he does. I, I find it ridiculous, and that's why I do, this is what I do for a living. But the fact <laughs> well, that you have not won Coach of the Year is comical. It's comical. Okay.
1: okay, maybe I have a little bit of an idea of why that might happen. Look, there was a narrative early on in my career that Sounders team didn't have good midseason form. Yep, And then, you know, we got hot at the end and we made r- deep runs into the playoffs. You know, that voting goes on middle to late three quarters yes. of the year through Yes, this year. I never would have won because, you know, we actually sucked in the summer. I mean, yep. we weren't playing very well. So maybe there's a little bit to that. I see your point. God bless Pat Newton. He does a great job. Jim is a tremendous coach. You know, there's, there's our coaching in our league. Taylor, is going up. It is. I'm just trying to keep up with everybody else. I mean, I I love the fact that there's more pressure on us, that better coaches are coming. More coaches are interested in coming to MLS. That's not going to guarantee success because we have a hard league. There's been plenty of foreign coaches that haven't made it, but MLS is now becoming a destination, at least a talking point for destination for some really outstanding coaches from around the world. With
3: NFL players locked out and the 2011 season in question, Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Chad Ochocinco is trying another brand of football. Trying out, to be exact, for Major League Soccer's Sporting Kansas City. Chad Johnson joins us. I got a
0: proposition for you. Yes, you sir. could turn in your entire NFL career right now to right. play one full season with Napoli and Serie A
2: and Champions League. Would yeah. you do it right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Matter of fact, I'd leave my wife for opportunity <laughs> to, to, what? to play soccer at any level. No, but hold on, though. One, why Napoli? I've always been a, a, a fan of Napoli, even back in the day when Maradona was there. My grandfather yep. used to watch Maradona. Mind you, we're in Miami. I, I knew not very much about yep. soccer because I, I didn't have the resources to play. But for some reason, Napoli was always on TV. And then I became to understand who Maradona was at the time. And he was a fan of him. And after that, obviously, Kabani, Hamsik, and Signe Mertens. And the continued flow of, of talent through there has always kept me a fan. Okay. My love for soccer started back in elementary, you know, in P class where I always gravitated towards the soccer ball because of what I saw on TV. Guys, Taylor, you got to think. I was in, I'm from Liberty City in Dade County yep. in the 80s. Oh, yeah. There's oh, no yeah. soccer, man. There's no nope. soccer. So um, listen, it was always a dream of mine. Something I'm very passionate about, even still to this day, even during my playing days. And I just just never had the opportunity to do it at the highest level. Chad, I
0: would bet you right now that if you were twelve years old in 2023, you would have never played football.
2: Is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. Not a chance, not a chance in here.
0: But Chad, look at our youth, right? Look at the youth, the way they're exposed to it. There was nothing like anything you and I experienced growing up yeah. in this country. I feel like Chad Johnson, right yeah. now as a twelve year old. Wouldn't know anything but a soccer ball. You
2: know, I would be in a much better place if I was born a little mm. later. Unfortunately, I wasn't. So I'm just going to have to ride the wave and enjoy it from the outside. And when I have an opportunity to play, play what I can. Yeah, because your NFL
0: career was such a shamble that it was so disappointing. You act like you didn't have listen, a good NFL career.
2: <laughs> listen, it was okay. It was, it was okay. But I think if I was able to play the beautiful game with that same smile and, yep, and entertainment agree. value, that I bought the football, it would have been awesome. It would have been awesome. What position would you have played? Probably because I'm so fast, I
0: would have had to be on the wing. Had to, right? I almost, I almost feel like you'd be one hell of a wing back. Yeah, you know what I mean, like someone who had the, all the freedom in the world, someone that you yeah. really didn't need to defend. We know Chad doesn't no. really want to defend,
2: <laughs> and he loves going forward. <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna track back. I'm gonna track back and help when I need to. <laughs>
0: Hey, I I want you to take our listeners back to 2011. You actually trained with Sporting Kansas City during the NFL lockout. Right. One, I can't believe that happened. But two, it happened during a time, Chad, there wasn't a ton of social media yet. You know what I mean? There wasn't Instagram. Twitter wasn't what it
2: is now. Right. Just take us back to that. How did that come about? I mean, listen, during that time, obviously with my love for the game of soccer, I forgot exactly how... Reached out. I mm-hmm. think someone on my team might have reached out to Sporting KC about me having a trial. Obviously, not to actually play because I was going, I was preparing for the season. So I found it. Listen, Absolutely. this is a great way to stay, stay in shape mm-hmm. and fill a void that I've always always been a childhood dream of mine. Uh, not like I was gonna really make the team possible, but just to get that experience at that level, unbelievable. It was unbelievable, and I, I really enjoyed it. I wasn't very good, obviously, because I was in the, the middle of my career. But just that experience, you know, being in the locker room, you know, watching film, seeing how they practice, how they prepare, oh, that was unbelievable, man! And I, I'm so thankful because Peter, who was still there, yep. he gave me the opportunity yep. to do it, and and I, I took it serious, even though it was it was a short time. I took it really serious and enjoyed it. If I blindfolded Chad Johnson in
0: 2011, put you in the middle of Cincinnati Stadium, <laughs> buddy, you would have looked at me and said, "Where are we? Western Europe? You, where, where right. are we? Is there is it Germany?" How Amen. cool is it to see Cincinnati, where you made a huge career out of that town, embrace the beautiful game, and now ultimately win a supporter shield and be the
2: favorite yeah. to win MLS Cup?
0: Listen, it's been
2: beautiful. It's beautiful. I've been to a few games where Jeff Burding and everyone else that's a part of that yep. FC yep. Cincinnati or- organization has done. It's been phenomenal. The way the game has grown is awesome. The community in Cincinnati that embraces the game of soccer and has adapted to everything that comes with it, it's been phenomenal to this point. I'm glad to say I'm a part of that as well. Obviously, Miami as well. being That's where I'm from. But but I enjoy it. And um, I'll be there on the 25th, if I'm, not, if, if I'm not mistaken. I'll be there on the 25th yeah. for that game. Yep,
0: they're going up against Philadelphia Union where they lost last year in Philly. It's going to be a rematch. Chad, can mm-hmm. soccer ever become top three most popular sports in the United States in your oh, opinion? Oh, that's tough. That's tough. It's a tough one, I mean, isn't it's it?
2: Really, yeah, it, it's a tough one on... for for this simple fact obviously for kids growing up you think about making it to the pinnacle of your childhood dream most of the time Mm -hmm. obviously now because we have you have to battle with hockey you got to battle with basketball you got to battle with football you got to battle with baseball and i think at at whatever point it gets to the point where i think the money where it's money driven in a sense where you want to make it Listen, Mm -hmm. you want to get out of some of the areas and some of the the unfortunate circumstances and get your family out of it, and soccer wouldn't be the the route you choose. You want to make it to the NFL. You want to be able to save your family and and things of that magnitude. When the MLS or soccer in the States gets to a point where you can make millions of dollars and Mm -hmm. save your kids and be able to make sure your kids' kids are good, then I think it will. But right now, we have to continue growing the game and getting better. I
0: agree with you. Chad, you, you were through and through a Florida kid. I got to ask you, mm-hmm. inner Miami, Messi this summer as a fan mm-hmm. of the
2: game, what was it like watching that? It was dope. It was dope. It was awesome. It was so you know, for, for those that have never had the opportunity to see him play in person, you know, I'm not sure how long you followed me, but I've been watching Messi and R- Ronaldo, Cristiano go at it at El Clasico for years. Yep, For years, going, traveling, meeting both of them, and seeing it in person and just see the – impact he had once he came you know Unreal. and it's awesome i think it's it's good for the game and i think with him coming over it's going to open the door for more players wanting to come over and finish their careers over here in the states and I, I think it's a good thing what was Messi like when you met him he didn't know english he didn't his english was very bad this was what 20 i have the picture he was a baby yeah he was he, was he still had the long hair yes he yeah, did and um yep. I don't think he was even wearing number 10 yet for Barcelona. I no, think he was wearing I, I, the other number. Remember that? He he was. He was. That's how that's how long ago it was. And so after after meeting him the first time, I w- I went back every off season, over and over and over and I just started traveling the world and building those, building those relationships with the players yep. because I was I was with Nike at the time and it made bridging the yep. gap so easy because I was endorsed by Nike and that's how everything started.
0: What's interesting for me, Chad, is, like, I, I, people ask me, so he's the greatest of all time. Cristiano Ronaldo's in the conversation. That's fine. But in my opinion, in my lifetime, there's only been five athletes when they see the line of expectation every single time they exceed it. Michael Jordan, right. Tiger Woods, Muhammad Ali, I think Tom Brady to a certain extent, right. and Messi. Yeah. Is there anyone in your life, in your career, when you were across the field from them or even with them, where you said, hmm, this guy's legit. He is going to be remembered as
2: the greatest. Because that's what it was like for me to call Messi's games this summer. Uh, most definitely. Ray Lewis Ray Lewis, and Darrell Rios. Because what he was able to do in 2009, that 2009 season that he had, where he shut down every goddamn body. Yep. This isn't <laughs> a video game. This isn't a video game. This is real life. To be able to do that in real life against the best of the best A bunch of receivers that are all Hall of Famers across the board. And that season he had in 2009, man, hats off. I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again. And Ray Lewis, obviously, to me, the greatest linebacker of all time. Yeah,
0: the Rivas Island, though, people forget because Mm -hmm. maybe it was short-lived, maybe it wasn't his entire career, but there was two years there where literally nobody went to Rivas Island. Chad, you've done so many awesome things in your life. You've been to so many events. If I mm-hmm. was going to give you two tickets to any soccer game around the world right now, where would you go?
2: Was the last year, year before last? We Real Madrid and Liverpool. That was late year before yeah, last. Yeah, it was, was two. Yeah, it was two years ago. Yeah. Listen, my wife. Let me tell you a funny story, really quick. So she was never fond of soccer, and so she tried, yeah. I try to get her to understand. Why do you wake up Saturday and Sunday mornings at seven <laughs> o'clock in the morning? Yo, it's Premier League Sunday. What are you talking about? Will you stop waking me up and turn the TV down. Like you don't understand the importance of what is going on right now. So I said, baby, listen, I'm gonna take you to Paris because you've never been to Paris. You've never been to Paris. And I think you should enjoy the city of love, you know, and and see the Eiffel Tower and, and, and uh, see the museums so and everything it has to offer. You just wanted to go to the Champions League final. <laughs> listen, so lying. I already had the tickets bought for the, for the game. So we get off the plane. <laughs> Listen, we get off the plane, she has no idea. We get off the plane, and we get off the plane, the sign is in the airport. I, like, tap her <laughs> on the shoulder. I'm like, babe, look at the sign. Dude, you won't <laughs> believe there's a soccer game here. <laughs> <laughs> Little does she know, I already had the tickets. Boy, I said, maybe, baby, if I can find seats, <laughs> maybe we go check the game out. She's like, I don't want to see no goddamn soccer game. So I took her to the Eiffel Tower. I took it out for tower. I said, listen, if I take it out for tower, disagree with me to at least give it a chance. Give him the chance. Uh, Taylor, we got we got in that atmosphere and oh, the yeah. crowd started singing, You'll Never Walk Alone. And she's oh, like, It's over. What, what, is go- what is going on? Yep. It was over from that point. Getting her yep. in that atmosphere, now she's like, When are we going to our next game? So she followed me to the World Cup. Yep. She followed me to the World Cup. She's there a whole month. Oh, now you want to stay? Why do you want to go to the yep. World Cup? she enjoyed it from that point on, she is who not guess who gets up to watch EPL morning with me every morning.
0: Oh yeah. Your coffee's already sitting at the table Listen, before kickoff. Already, already ready. <laughs> that's why I say when
2: it comes to my, my NFL friends that don't understand the game, if I can yep. just get you in the atmosphere,
0: that's all it takes. You're doing this podcast with Shannon Sharp. Have you learned anything from him? Because it's been really honestly, from my point of view and mm-hmm. Chad, I'm a soccer mm-hmm. guy. But I'm not. Right. I'm an all-sports right. guy. I love right. you two together. Like,
2: has it been better than you expected? You know, we've been friends for a very long time. We have the same personality, the same energy. When it comes to enjoying sports in general, what I do have to learn from him, the stories we tell are great because it's our life experiences and it's very yep. organic and authentic. What I do have to learn from him is a game of basketball. I, you know, I, just, I, I, I know basketball from a service level. Yep. You know, the basic rules but he can sit there and talk it. He can sit there and talk he, it. So he once loves football it. season ends, He end, loves it. He loves it. So once football season ends, I would like to go to a game with him, sit courtside, and he can explain it to me a little bit more in depth so I can go on shows and actually talk basketball the way I can talk soccer. I can talk soccer yep, well, better than I can talk damn football, which is weird. I
0: was just going to say, Chad, in all seriousness, how about you do a podcast with him on soccer, have him come to an MLS game, playoff game, and we show him that I like side. that.
2: I like that. I like right? that. We, we like should do that. Like
0: in all seriousness, if you're going to go all in to learn basketball, how about Shannon? Right. Shannon, you come to an MLS game. Right. And a playoff game, and you teach him this game. I guarantee you he would be so into LAFC playoff game with you right. sideline. I, I'm telling you, it's a no-brainer.
2: Yeah. I'm going to try that. Tomorrow's show, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna throw that. Bring it up to one. him.
0: Bring it up to him. Up. Tell him Fred yeah. Durst suggested it. Okay, <laughs> I got you. Final question for you. Expectations mm-hmm. for the rest of the MLS playoffs. Does FC Cincinnati have to win MLS Cup to make it a complete season, in your opinion? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I, think I, so I,
2: too. I don't want to add pressure. I don't want to add pressure on them. What you have to do is you have to continue playing good football. You don't have to force anything, you don't do what you're supposed to do in the final third. Make yep. the easy pass. Play, you know, it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to explain. You don't have to change anything that you've done thus far just because you're in the playoffs. Slow it down. You don't have to do anything extra. And it's one of the things that you do, especially when you talk about in the NFL. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. players get to, you get to the playoffs, and all of a sudden, you start doing stuff you've never done before. You start pressing. You start just doing stuff that is just totally out of character. I think if SC Cincinnati continues to play their game, I agree. They will be fine. It will be hosting that trophy. My man, I appreciate you taking the time.
0: I've been wanting thank to you. do this for a long time. One of these days, we're going to be on live TV together.
2: And maybe oh, it's after I, I you it. take Shannon Sharp I, to
0: an LAFC playoff game. <laughs>
2: I like it. I like it. I love that. I love that. that. That'd be a dream for me. Thanks for coming on, dude. Great, right, to, great you, to see no you. No problem. Yep. All right. Thank you. I'll see you, T.
0: It's amazing to think Chad Johnson and I connected about 12 years ago about talking shop, and it took us almost 12 years to finally do it. I appreciate Chad coming on. He's in Vegas. The last thing he wants to do is probably talk to me, and yet that's all he wants to talk about, football, the real football. That is your conference semifinal preview. You can catch all the action on the 25th and 26th only on Apple TV. I want everyone to have a great holiday, get rested for Saturday and Sunday, and we'll talk to you next week. Offside with Taylor Twalman is a Major League Soccer podcast produced by Apple TV and Rain Delay Media. Our executive producers are Peter Moses and John Yales. John was our editor. Michael Janeau was our engineer. Jonah Buchanan was our associate producer. Iggy Monda and Jonah were our researchers. Music was composed by Brian Decker. And I'm your host, Taylor Twalman. Follow and listen on Apple
4: Podcasts.